Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for another episode of 24, our final single-digit episode of season three of 24, uh, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., which is episode nine uh, to 10 of season three, uh, which is directed by Brad Turner and written by the story of Robert Cochran and Howard Gordon. The teleplay by Evan Katz and Stephen Cronish. It took four people to write this episode. Jesus. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, no judgment on this episode. Just I, I wouldn't think this would be a four-person episode. But uh, yeah, this is uh, two people bringing you an episode written by four people um, about the killing of millions. Sure. Uh, my name is Colin and... I lost my quote. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that quote. It's great. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> my name is Colin, and I could use some new body parts. And my name is Ben, and I already told you, 30 over 5. <laughs> um, I don't want to make judgments on this episode in the story because I enjoy it, but has this got to be the worst written dialogue in history of 24? Like, there are so many lines where I'm like, Come on, people were at this time were criticizing George Lucas is a bad dialogue writer. Like, did they watch this episode? But I mean, fun story. Just wow. There, there. I, I was struggling to find a quote because most of the ones I have here are pretty dry and pretty poorly written. I've four got, people. I've got a few quotes. I think the the problem is the dialogue is just, it's just the CTU storyline. It's just like everyone in CTU this week just got up on the wrong side of the bed. Everyone's yelling at each other. They're grumpy. They're just like snapping at each <laughs> other. Like Tony got shot in the neck. Um, I think <laughs> Chloe got shot in the personality brain. Like she's really off it this week. Like it's just everyone's angry at each other. Everyone's just like, I'm CTU. Like Jesus, guys, everyone take five and have a team bonding meeting. Let's all go like do some yoga or something. Yeah. An escape room, you know. Yeah, go get go get some of um the what is it? Uh, what did Jack eat in season one? Uh, taquitos. Get some taquitos in <laughs> We're you. We're bringing Come in on. some taquitos, guys. We're gonna do an escape room. <laughs> like why? We're gonna play charades. When in season two, when half your bloody staff have died, like that's when you're <laughs> grumpy and sad. Not like just because Tony got shot in the neck. Um, you know, it's yeah. Like I mean, I have to say, like it doesn't work in the CTU, but like. The telenovela stuff with Jack and Claudia works. Oh, uh, yeah. Just because it's Jack and Claudia. Like, how good are they? And Nina coming back? Come on. Like, everything works there. But it's just, I don't know. Maybe just Carlos Bernard cannot carry CTU because he got shot in the neck. <laughs> uh, it really isn't uh, something that damages this episode for me, though, because like I mm. weirdly still really enjoyed it. I love this it. episode. 
And, and it, it's, it's a problem when you're doing a full rewatch at how random everything is. Like we're just randomly going to throw Nina back in here the same week that we randomly have the Millikens introduced after we randomly wrote Wendy Crewson out. Um, Jack's randomly going to need heroin again. <laughs> Kim's randomly oh. going to turn into Chloe. Uh, Michelle's randomly going to want Chappelle over Tony. Apparently I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> randomness episode, but I mean, it is a lot of fun. And I'll, I've said, it, I think three or four weeks in a row now, like this group of episodes, this, uh, this arc, this uh, section of the season is so good for so many reasons, even though when you really dissect it, like we don't need Nina here, you know, we don't need uh, Michelle turning on Tony. We don't need Jack back on heroin again or, or, or one to go on heroin. Uh, but it's just, it, it, it somehow works. And I don't know why. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, you know, like Nina's is always going to come back. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how they use her and I think that, yeah, it's good. But like, I, like maybe it's just a case like when you first see this, it's like, Oh, shock Nina. But like having known that she's coming back and everything, I think now it's just a point like, Oh, cool. Nina. Um, which again, to me, as I said, last season, Nina should have been the big bad last season and then just kill her off at the end. That's Nina yeah. done. Like, I mean, yeah, you've gone to like, you know, she's the ultimate bad of 24, but like, no disrespect to the character of Nina. By the time we get to like season five, like you forget Nina even was a thing. Like, I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of like you shouldn't have this. Nina should ultimately be like President Logan is the ultimate bad of 24. Let's be honest. He becomes the ultimate bad of this show, whereas it should be Nina. Um, mm-hmm. So like maybe don't bring her back this season. Bring her back in season six. Like give her a break. Um, but here she is. She's got long hair now. Good for her. Um, and according to the official guide, Sarah Clark got to choose her jacket. So that's nice. Oh. Um, <laughs> that, that was her contract stipulation to bring back. No, I am not coming back for a third season. We'll let you pick your jacket. Oh, <laughs> get me every time, guys. I love choosing my jacket. As long as I don't get shot in the neck. Um, but like, I don't know. Like it, it is, we talked about last week about how it's kind of like, let's wreck on everything and move forward. It is. There's a lot of the convenience this week. Like, we got rid of Wendy Crewson, but here's a new guy in a wheelchair. And here's Gina <laughs> Torres. There she is. Um, so it's just like, cool, plot's got a plot. Um, but again, it's still enjoyable. Like, I mean, this is, again, what season three has over season two when you've got kind of this rubbish in season two. Just like, all right, cool. This is still like, with like, okay, I'm on board. Like, I'm interested. Like, uh, they're going to bid like in a, an auction. Like, Ooh, like, I mean, this is exciting. <laughs> like who's the guy with Nina? Like, I mean, who's <laughs> Nina working for? Michael Amador. What a man. Uh, like, I mean, everything's happening here at once. He's very Ukrainian. Michael Amador. Yeah. <laughs> the most Ukrainian man in the history of Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> and we, we no longer stand with Ukraine because they're terrorists. This is the real depiction, right? This is what Russia. Let, we stand with Russia, right? Are we going to stand yeah. with Russia now? There I we go. stand we with stand Russia, Russia if this is the evilness that Ukraine puts, like a billion-dollar virus. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't see Vladimir Putin doing the freaking Cordilla virus out there. Like, come on. And when we get the Russians in 24, they're not going to be nearly this bad. So in the CT universe, we stand with Russia. We're sorry. Yes, the CT um, universe. Huh, that's the, the CT universe. That's pretty good. That's well uh, done, but- Colin. Well done. You win this week. <laughs> you win a new the- jacket. <laughs> Yes! Oh gosh, a jacket! All, all these years have paid off a jacket! <laughs> uh, the Palmer drama is easy to get over with because it does not have any bearing on the rest of the story. Uh, but uh, 
Palmer makes a quick statement to the media. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a big press conference like this. I mean, I, I doubt you're that. Well, I think that's, I've been a big one. This, this is not a big press conference. This is a closet. <laughs> well, I mean, but the, the idea they come is the president will be out in a few moments and he will be taking no questions. And of course, as soon as he makes his statement, everybody's like, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President. And he's still like, yes, I will take your question, miss. Uh, I'm single now, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Can you like, treat my it, hand? <laughs> yeah, we really need to get above this. His hand's looking pretty ratty right now. He's running out of pills. I've seen him pop it. He's going to fuck him out of his grandma. I just broke up with my doctor. Damn it. But like we, we, everything we talked about last week, about <laughs> this will not go well. Oh, this is very good, David. This, this puts everything in the clear. He comes out, gives him no information, and basically has dug his own grave again. It's like, listen. I had to end the debate because there was an imminent threat from the United States. That threat's done now. 90 <laughs> minutes. We worked hard. You're all safe. You're welcome. He basically says, you're welcome, people. And then he's like, oh, and as for the accusations against Anne, we have conclusive evidence, which you will never hear. There's more details about that. Like, I mean, seriously, all the people are like, what was the threat? We can't tell you. But Anne is innocent. We've got all the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the killer saying this was a thing just to get out of hand. No, no, we've got all the evidence. And then she may have been in the room when he killed himself, but that's fine. It's all good. And by the way, that thing against America, we're safe. Americans are safe. And so is Anne. Yeah. And and, and then he goes so far as to say, and Keeler or Senator Keeler or whatever, he will have to answer for his actions going forward. Like, really? I mean, at this point, I'm still wondering how did the guy that Keeler dug up that that implicated your girlfriend suddenly die while she was the only one present. <laughs> and this is the when everyone's like, Mr. President, Mr. President, we just heard that the man that nobody cares. That like, oh, he's he's we can't attack him. He's the first black president. Come on, what would people think of us? <laughs> That's why Obama's so like he was actually uh, a terrible the- president. He just like he exactly. just got away with everything. <laughs> he nuked yeah. Canada. No one realizes that. Uh, he was worse than Ukraine. <laughs> but uh um yeah, like this is over and done with 90 minutes. We are literally watching our hands clean of it two weeks in a row. We're just going to remind people this will never come up again. Um, I just wanted to say like this evidence that actually uh, proves Anne's innocence came directly from Ted, who also died. No questions. <laughs> I'm out of here, guys. Um, he immediately gets the call from Alan Milliken. And I, I don't know. I, I Do I know this guy? Do we know this guy from anywhere? Like the actor seems oddly familiar, but he could just be familiar from 24 I know we know Gina Torres, but like he was in Twenty Four. Oh, that's what I know him from. Um, <laughs> he uh, he played one of the Ukrainians. Uh, he's pulling double duty this week. But um, yeah, like I, I remember having fond memories of Alan Milliken, but something about him does not work. Even this opening scene, like it's the way it's his delivery, the way he talks. Like I think he's one of these characters they talk up so much about how powerful he is and all that he can do. And then you watch the actress performance. Like, did he know what he was playing? Cause it's, like, it's just, it, 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 everything, every line he has is very wooden and stuff. Like it's like, I need you to come see me. Uh, and, and even the line he has here, let's just blame the writing on this one and not the actor. I know you're busy after all you are the president of the United States. <laughs> like who talks like that? Hello, David. I know you're busy. You are the president of the United States. <laughs> Does he call up Gina Torres? 
Hello, Mrs. Milliken. I know you're busy and all being the <laughs> wife of Alan Milliken. <laughs> Nina Myers, I know you're busy and all with that terrorist thing and the owner of a new jacket. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> I know you're busy and all having been shot in the neck. Shot in the neck. <laughs> in the neck. In the neck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it just feels so random. This comes out of nowhere. But I mean, I, I will really have compliments for this story going forward, um, especially the way they handle it with Wayne. Like he was, and I have one request: don't bring Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, why? Why you always were fond of Wayne? Like this is gonna be a background. I thought you guys were buddies. You um, play poker. And then together. when he sh- <laughs> strip poker. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the biggest dong? Alan. 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 <laughs> we know it's Alan. 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 <laughs> if there's an Alan, he's got the biggest dong. Uh, but uh, yeah, when he shows up at the house here, uh, we get Alan Milliken in his bathrobe. <laughs> he's been playing strip poker, just finished a good game. Uh, and this is where he has that line. He was like, oh, how you doing, Alan? Is like, I can use some new body parts, but other than that, doing okay. <laughs> it's such a weird way to talk. I don't know if I want to blame the actor or the writing. It's just so odd. I'll have to kind of analyze it more as we go ahead. Uh, and then he drops a bombshell. Listen, I brought you here to tell you that Wayne had an affair with my wife. <laughs> and I apparently found out about this five minutes ago because <laughs> I decided to wait until the debate was over to call you here at 930 at night to tell you like they even say, like, I only found out about this recently. Like you could have said during the debate she told me, you know, and then it makes sense why you're calling the president of the United States to your house while you're in your bathrobe needing new body parts. Your wife has just been out on the town because she's like in an evening gown or something. <laughs> and you call the president of the United States. After all, he is the president of the United States to your house at 930 to say, get rid of Wayne. He had an affair with my wife. They could have at least dropped the line in there. I just found out. Not I recently found out. <laughs> I decided to well, wait he does, until he does, I knew that Ted was dead. <laughs> but he does say like, he's like, oh, you're the first time in LA in three years and you don't call. So he's probably been sitting on his phone all day going, oh, the president's in town. He's going to call me today. Anytime now, anytime. Oh, he's canceled the debate. Is it for me? No, that bastard. Call him now. <laughs> But like throw a line in there then about I've been trying to text you all. Yes, yes, Alan. I've been very busy. After all, you know, I am the president of the United <laughs> States. Throw a line in there like I've been trying to get a hold of you for the last couple of days since I knew you were going to be here. It's literally just like I'm going to pick up the phone. Come here. I got to tell you some bad news. Yeah, president, president's not busy. Like we got yeah, here in 15 minutes. <laughs> his girlfriend just killed somebody. He just stopped a, a virus outbreak or thought he did. He canceled the debate. He's probably losing the election. And why, like, if Alan's going to call him in, Alan, I always want to say that every time. <laughs> Alan. Alan. If Alan's going to call him Alan. in, why does he wait until it is clear that Palmer is now losing this election? Like, yeah. is, is the idea that, like, well, now you need me or is or is it that it's just poorly scripted? We need to throw the storyline at the last minute. I don't really get that. But either Anyway, the storyline is he wants Wayne out. Um, he, he apparently just found out about this. Uh, David makes the quickest drive ever back to Wayne. He gets there quicker than the flight from uh, Los Angeles to Old El Paso. <laughs> and he's immediately like in Wayne's face. You had an affair with Alan Milliken's wife. And, and this is why I really love Wayne in the season. I think season six jaded me so much that I went into the season being like, oh, Wayne, like, because Wayne just didn't belong. It wasn't his fault. It's just, he didn't belong in season six. And you forget how good he is as a character because we just saw him go through trying to get rid of Anne for eight episodes. 
And then I don't even think we brought it up in the last episode when he was like, you know, I, I, maybe we did bring it up where he's like, you know, I respect the fact that Anne dealt with her own business. Like he's actually not a hypocrite here where he's like, okay, David, uh, it, it ended. I dealt with it. I know I was in the wrong way. Like, he feels like little brother here who's yeah. tried to cover his tracks. And he's like, he's not making excuses. He's like, okay, I'm dealing with this, whatever you want to do. And even I'll re- accept your resignation. Dude. I will decide. If you're I am after all the president of the <laughs> United States. <But> why? <laughs> and this is where, and this is what I do like about the, the Millican storylines. There's a lot of teasing about like, Ooh, you know, how bad could this be? Like the storyline itself is just sort of lame, you know? All right. So somebody had an affair. Or like we're gonna get in another soap opera storyline in the last minute, but it's the way that they tease what you know. Alan is the dirtiest Alan. fighter there is. Alan, it's the dirtiest fighter out there. So it's it's this this potential, this promise of what this could lead to that makes this a good storyline, and not just Wayne had it for Gina Torres, which who wouldn't? Um, and uh, Gina Gina Torres. Let's quickly talk about her. I mean, you've watched Suits. I've seen Suits. I mean, we know her from that. She's probably most famous for um, the the TV show Firefly and the the movie Serenity. Even though it lasted one season, like that show is so huge. But um, I actually knew her even before Twenty Four because uh, one probably my favorite show growing up was a uh, live action show. At least was Hercules: The Legendary Journeys with Kevin. Sorbo, <laughs> you're laughing right now. What a show! Um, I, I have looked for reasons to do episodes of Hercules out here, but uh, um, in like I think it was the final season or like the second last season of Hercules, like the main sidekick he had was off doing some player directing something and they need a side. So they basically brought in these two female characters, be sidekicks. One was actually played by an actress from Winnipeg that I, I was able to meet and even invited to my wedding. And she said she might've come, except I forgot to send her the address. Uh, so I could how, have does had- that, how does that work? Like hi, <laughs> random actress who was in Hercules. Would you like to come to my wedding? We, we went to a comic con and this was like, uh, how long would it have been? Th- not even three weeks, like two and a half weeks before our wedding, or maybe, I think exactly three weeks. So three weeks before our wedding. And every person we went up to talk to were like, hey, if you're around in three weeks, we were getting married. We, we invited Bret Hart to our wedding. Oh. Uh, nicest guy in the world. He was like, well, I'm not going to be, uh, of course, I didn't expect any of these people to come. But this one actress being from Winnipeg and she had just moved back to Winnipeg because she had just had a baby and she wanted to raise it here. She's like, you know Bret what? I, I know awkwardly showing up in a suit going like, <laughs> Where's that guy I'm at? Oh, hello. Yes, I'm we, here. We joked about that. Like, what if everybody just saw, like, Bret Hart there? The other one was uh, Aaron Ashmore, who's Jimmy Olsen on Smallville, um, who also was not there. But we're like, okay, this actress from Hercules, like, my favorite show growing up, and she could potentially be at my wedding. <laughs> it, Gina Torres was there. I could have had both of Hercules. Who so are you going to marry, though? This is the thing. Like, if Jamie's inviting, like, Keanu Reeves and all these, like, shirtless men, you'd be worried. <laughs> I've got I've got all the Hercules girls there. <laughs> so what's Xena Warrior Princess doing? The, the, standing the, 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 the moral the moral of this story though, Colin, that Bret Hart is a nice man. Yes, he is. Okay. Despite what people think, very nice man. I love Bret Hart. That's a man, Calgary supporter too. Smart man. Oh yeah. Uh, but but yeah. So Gina Torres was the other uh, one. She was on like um I don't know maybe about. Uh, eight, nine episodes of Hercules. She was like the, the consistent sidekick. So I kind of knew her from that uh, when I saw 24. And, and then I don't even think, I know Firefly, I think it come out of that I point, think but it, it, I hadn't seen it till afterwards. She, cause she had a spinoff of Suits, which I think I watched like an episode oh, of. I'm like, yeah. Cause even, I think, cause the, the funniest thing about like, I remember when I was watching Suits is that I'm like, oh, it's, she's from 24. 
DB Woodside comes into Suits as a main character as like her ex-boyfriend and then they like mm. hook up and then like I think the spin-off like DB Woodside was like a star of it too like he like went to whatever it was with her so I just always found it funny that you have like Wayne and Mrs Milligan here basically are in Suits together as characters but mm-hmm. she's now I think cuz that her spin-off didn't last didn't work it lasted like a few episodes and got cancelled but um she's now I believe like she replaced Liv Tyler in 911 Lone Star I've got. Oh, wow. I've never watched it. Like I've got it ready to watch because um, I still watch Nine One One. But I'm I'm pretty certain like season two, Liv Tyler left, and then I think they brought in Gina Torres. So it's like Gina Torres and Rob Lowe in like Nine One One Lone Star. I don't know if she's still in it, but I know she was in it for a little bit. But what a woman! She's great. I love Gina Torres. Well, and I, I had already mentioned, um, uh, I think leading up in this season that uh, she was she wasn't like a main cast member, but she was like the. I guess the main arch nemesis for Jennifer Garner on Alias, uh, they bring her in like, you know, uh, once or twice a season. And it was always like, oh, this is the one girl you can't beat. So, I mean, here, you, I, I feel like I should have been more excited when she was on 24. Like, I don't feel like I, I even quite realized like this is, you know, one of the sidekicks from Hercules and the, the villain from Alias. And here she is on 24, but like, this is arguably a bigger role that she gets here on 24 than either of those shows. But uh, yeah, you know, underrated Gina Torres, Gina Torres Oz, let's make it. Um, one thing I want to say, you mentioned Firefly and Serenity. Um, long-term listeners of the show will remember in our lost coverage uh, that uh, Noah and I had the episode where Nathan Fillion, TV's Nathan Fillion, was uh, Kate's uh, husband, basically, and we had a whole episode talking about TV's Nathan Fillion. I've been watching Big Mouth, which Colin wouldn't watch. It's a bit adult for him uh, on Netflix. <laughs> but, like, there's a whole one of the characters is, like, madly in love with, like, Nathan Fillion, and they always get him to, like, voice. It's just, it's just so funny. And there's, like, this one bit where it's, like, the characters are, like, going off at each other, and the one character's like, oh, just because all your TV shows get cancelled. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just reminded me of Noah and I's whole episode talking about TV's Nathan Fillion. What a man, TV's Nathan Fillion. Uh, I like him. He's great. Um, but the storyline, um, does Alan Milligan sound, Milligan sound like Catherine Hepburn, the way he's like <laughs> he, Audrey Hepburn or whatever it is? Like, hi, I'm Alan Milligan, David, <laughs> the President of the United States, darling. Come over, all my body parts. Like, seriously, he sounds like he's got that weird, like, 50s movie speech. Like, why does he speak like this? Um, you need to fire Wayne. Fire Wayne, David. You are the president of the United States. <laughs> um, Albert Hall is the name of the actor. He is still with us, uh, at least at the time of recording this. Um, and he was in Apocalypse Now, Ali McBeal, The Ooh. Practice, Malcolm X. Uh, any of these <gasps> ringing? He's in National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Um, I've seen every episode of The Practice. I'm sure I saw him on there at some point. He was in Courage Under Fire, Rookie of the Year. The Fabulous Baker Boys, um, maybe, if you've seen any of those. Um, big star. Ra- Before I talk about it also, too, I just want to mention one random actor here for our Nip Tuck fans. Um, the President Palmer's press secretary guy, um, Jerry Whitehorn, oh. played by the esteemed Jamie McShane. Uh, he was in the very famous Nip Tuck episode where he played a priest who got a uh, birthmark removed from his penis because it was the only evidence that uh, held him against raping little children. So uh, there you go. Uh, there he is, <laughs> child rapist <laughs> on your screen. Um, I look. As you, story- <laughs> Sorry, I'm just doing the president of the United States line. I just do that for a child rapist too. <laughs> you're a busy man. After all, you're a child rapist. Child rapist. Um, I like the setup of this. Like, I mean, it does go somewhere interesting. It's going to lead us to Sherry. Uh, spoiler alert. 
Um, and yeah, like Gina Torres is great. I mean, having said this, though, this is again, I think another stupid David Palmer moment. Wayne should step down here because this is going to affect his campaign. And like, yeah. We see this in politics. We see this all the time. Like in Australia, in law, such and such had an affair. Oh, cool. They're going to be, they're going to step down. Like the media is going to rip them apart. So they step down. Like this is just normal. Um, and it's, it's kind of like the one thing I've got to question though, is he says like, hello, David, president of the United <laughs> States. I'm your biggest backer. I have been there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you, I wouldn't be president if I wasn't for you. We never like, I guess back in season one when we saw, like, the round table of his backers, like, we never were... They weren't thinking ahead to season three. But, like, one thing they do good with Stephen Saunders in this season is they kind of retcon it back to season one. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love how they organise that to explain his character. Why don't, like... If you couldn't get one of the actors, like, shouldn't there be some sort of... I don't think we ever hear the name of those people around the table, like the men with cigars back in season one. Yeah. But, like... Have it be one of those men or something like that. Like, you know, like, David, back in season one, I was the only one that defended Keith from the rape. Like, like have something there, like, to tie it in because it just... Yeah. They have a throwaway line of, I supported you from the beginning. I'm Alan Milligan. Like, like <laughs> we never hear his name back in season one. So, I don't know. That kind of annoys me slightly, even though it's just a real little nitpick. But, um, yeah, I like the setup of, like, he plays dirty. Like, I'm going to get all my Hollywood friends. I'm going to get Marilyn Monroe. She's going to... <laughs> Put a poo in your drink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> darling. Um, but, like, it, it sets stuff up and we're going to get more of um, Catherine Hepburn moving forward. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read one more line of Alan Mil- Milken dialogue here. As you know, I've known Wayne for some time. <laughs> like, is this not very, like, Morpheus? As you know, don't have guessed, I am Morpheus. Pro- properly, Colin. I have known Wayne for some time. <laughs> As you know, I have known Wayne for some time. <laughs> Which, I mean, in all fairness, like, he's just found out his wife's, like, porking another guy. Fine. That's, it's, it's, it's a hard <laughs> thing to swallow. But, like, why is he still, like, why is she just chilling still at home? Like, come in here, Gina Torres. Look the president in the face. Now go back to your room. Like, kick her out. <laughs> Cheating bitch. Well, and that's why I, I think you could have done this where he just found out. And then again, I don't remember everything about this. So like, is it actually a thing that he was waiting until he knew David would be weak and he, you know, would have a little bit of leverage over him? I mean, you could write that into the plot. But like, if he literally had just found out about this, like, I want a scene where she's got tears in her eyes and like, Alan, just let me, just let me explain like something, you know, not her being like, yes, as you no doubt have guessed, I am the cheating wife. Also, does it make any sense as to why he wants to blackmail Palmer? Because, I mean, the whole time he's been like, I supported your campaign. So, obviously, he's a fan of him. So, like, I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan of the, you know, Toronto Raptors. If all of a sudden I've got dirt on them, I'm like, if you don't fire Nick Nurse, I will not go for you anymore. Like, I mean, like, yeah. what do I have to gain from it? I'm supporting him. I don't want him to lose all of a sudden. So, why all of a sudden he's like, I like President Keeler better. You walked out on the debate, <laughs> darling. Like, I mean, like, it makes no sense why he just wants to hold this over his head. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm saying that like I, I if this is just as simple as he's angry about the affair, but it would be very easy to write this as, you know, he is making some type of political move here. He has something in his back pocket that he wants, even if you want to save it for your future season. But if it only just plays out as I knew about this affair six weeks ago and decided to bring it up now, you know, it's Make just me bizarre. secretary of state, darling. <laughs> Wayne should have taken me instead. I still have the important body parts. <laughs> I want to be chief of star. Fuck Wayne. Uh, I hear you're single again, David. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked you. You look like you're good in a new jacket. 
<laughs> Let's do something about that hand, though. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get shot in the neck, darling. <laughs> That's a deal breaker for me, Alan Milligan. <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> and you are. Um. So on to being shot in the neck. We're reminding the audience Tony was shot in the neck again. Shot in the neck. <laughs> There it is. It's like bandage. It's got like the small, it looks like a shaving cut. And it's got this tiny bandage. Out. He's got entrails hanging out of his neck and he's just like, give me a document, Kim. Uh, Tony, do you need a tissue? I said 30 over 5. Yeah, like this entire episode is just going to be Tony being impatient and it's, I mean, it's it's kind of fun to watch this episode when you know how it's going to play out uh, to see that, like, okay, they're teasing time and time again. Like, we're going to make the audience think Tony doesn't know what's going on. And, and meanwhile, it's like Tony knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> Everybody's just jumping. Oh, because the man got shot in the neck, he can't do a job. He got <laughs> shot, shot in the, the neck. neck, okay? He didn't get oh, shot in the head. In a wheelchair. <laughs> and he's like blackmailing people. He's losing it. But poor old Tony, he's shot in the neck. I just want Alan Milken to say, if only I had been shot in the neck, I would have all my body parts still. Darling. Shoot <laughs> me in the neck, Janet Torres. Mm. But, but like this entire hour is just Tony. Oh, I, I know. I admit that. No, no, no. I said it, but I told you that before. And Tony, you didn't. It is Kim very quickly turning into Chloe. Well, come on, Tony, but you didn't tell me that. No, no, I swear you didn't. Uh, and then her going to Kim. Exactly. He was shot in the neck. Give him a break. Everyone gave you a break you when you were attacked work, by a cougar and were kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, the, the way that Kim's just so quick to like, listen, Michelle, I think you need to, to get rid of something. I was saying she's turning to Chloe this week. She's turning into a, what's her name last season who was banging Michelle's brother. Um, oh. Why do I always forget her name? Her. About her. Yeah. About but that's her. what she's turning oh. She's like, no, 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 no. Tony needs to be removed from power. Kim, do you know how to do this job? Like, they, there's a very good point. I mean, yes, Tony was shot in the neck. I would like that to be made a bigger deal. But Tony is the only person other than Gael, I guess, who knows all this. You have a three-man operation, which is bad management. But can I just quickly he's still, just, just, right, just like you bring up the point about just Kim? Like every time, if you kept track of this season, that somebody goes to Kim. Kim, do you know how to like filter files? Kim, do you know how to like wash clothes? Like. Every time someone asks her a question, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Kim knows everything. Yeah, Kim, exactly. Kim's bloody the best worker at CTU. I'm telling you now, she knows everything. <laughs> they should just ask her. It's like, Kim, is there anything that will clear Anne's name without having to go to Ted and kill him? Yes, is yes. It, yes. <laughs> Let me send anything, you the files. Is there anything that will cure being shot in the neck? <laughs> a tiny little Band-Aid. <laughs> How much should we bid for this virus? <laughs> Think of how the problems would be saved if they just consulted Kim. Should we see an accountant in the valley to find out where old El Paso is? Should Nina wear a new jacket? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do like Tony calling out the, uh, the sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> this bickering between uh, Kim and, and Tony, like... You you could go further with this. I kind of I kind of like it as dumb as it is. It's fun to see them going back and forth. Um, and when they go to try to turn, Kim's trying to convince Michelle, you need to turn into uh, Tony <laughs> to betray your husband, and she does. And 
Chappelle brings up a very solid point. Well, Tony and Gael are the only person who knew what's going on here. Uh, again, it's bad management on Tony's part, but it, it is a valid point. Um, and uh, the Collins losing his place's notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he was shot in the neck. There we go. <laughs> and then um, they, they end up having the meeting with Chappelle and Chappelle is basically saying, Tony, Tell me what was on my monitor when you walked in the door. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> you porn, sir. You were looking at pornography. <laughs> pornography. You were looking at pornography. Very uh, good, Tony. <laughs> and then we get Tony with a lot of sass, just oh. saying you were looking at whatever reports, and you also had pornography open it on a, what you thought was an incognito browser, but it was not incognito. He just runs through everything, and I, I do I do love that moment. Is like, yeah, you go, Tony. Yeah, shot in the neck and still can do your job better than anybody else. <laughs> I, I like that moment too. It's kind of like because like I, I like I really like this whole CTU episode is just like go go we're grumpy, but like I kind of do like the setup because like you know we spend most of the episode going like yeah Tony's incompetent, he's yelling at Kim, he's like losing his patience, he's not collapsing this week thankfully, but um, and then kind of you just get like Sassmobile Tony who's just kind of like yeah anything else, but like it's it's kind of like I like how they're kind of using Michelle against Tony and like mm-hmm. in a weird way like I'm kind of on board everyone's team here because like. Kim has a right to go to someone and say, like, hey, I don't think he's doing his job correctly. This guy got shot in the neck, like, <laughs> four hours ago and just got out of surgery. So I think, yeah, everyone's got a right to question it. Um, and then, basically, Michelle's done the right thing, even though it's difficult because it's her husband. So, like, I think everyone's in mm. the right here. And I kind of like Chappelle, who's just like, thanks, you wasted time we don't have. Yeah. Like, sassy Chappelle. Um, but, yeah, like, again, like, they haven't really thought this – whole thing through that there's only three people that can do this job i've got like i've, I've uncovered more plot holes about this whole like <laughs> situation i don't know if we've finished about tony have we finished about like ctu anything else to add i mean the, the only the only other thing i wanted to add was th- don't you kind of feel like the way that this scene plays out with michelle and it's like oh who talks to you this is very like could you tell luke oh, is yeah. that who you can tell <laughs> you tell chappelle is that who you can tell <laughs> bauer i love how he says like kim bauer and then sassy <laughs> chloe like we've got about sassy chloe but okay Plot holes, again, about this whole situation. So the way they're kind of all like, oh, um, Jack had to do this to go undercover to get them to trust him. Why did they have to keep it secret? Like, they know he's a CTU agent. So can't Jack just go to Chappelle and the crew and just be like, so I've got this idea. Let's pretend I'm going against CTU, but I'm not. So I'll break him out of prison. And then that way... Innocent guards and prisoners don't, well, innocent prisoners, but, like, innocent, like, people don't have to die. They could orchestrate a prison breakout to make it seem like he's getting him out of jail, whereas it's all, like, it. the more and more I think about this, it's kind of like, because Chappelle literally, like, I'm with Chappelle here when he's going off at Tony and Gael, the way he's like, you know, if this, you know, we've lost Jack. Oh, okay then. Well, if you don't find him, every dead body is on your hands at the end of this and you will all be held personally responsible. Yeah. Kind of would be because, like, at the end of the day, you could have come to them and said, like, well, we've got this idea. Let's pretend. Like, that's what secret agents do. Like, that's <laughs> what government agents do. They pretend. Do you think the CIA is sitting there going, oh, fuck, where's Agent Jenkins? I don't know. Did we station him in Iran or something like that? Oh, no, sir. He's actually on a different mission in Berlin. Did we orchestrate that? No, but he's on top. Oh, well, we trust Jenkins. He's a smart cookie. Like, no, like, they're all on board. They plan these things. Yeah. Like, Again, makes and also why was Gael evil? Like, 
Gael's talking to the Salazars and it's all, and like Hector's all like, I can't get him on the phone. So like that makes absolutely no sense that he's working with Jack and everything. He's kidnapped Kim. None of it makes sense. Like the more and more I'm watching this guy, I'm like, why? And like when Tony was shot in the neck, because he was shot in the neck, remember? Why aren't Jack and Gael panicking more? Like, oh no, he's been shot in the neck. Like, what are we going to do? Like, like contact like Jenny in accounts and be like, Jenny, you're our backup. Like you are now in control. Like, Again, nitpicking. I know we're about to get to the Jack stuff, but like, like, the more and more I think about this plan, and like, and and like again, like all of this hinges on Jack being like, "Yes, I'm going to get them on board to buy a virus." What if the Salazars are like, "Nah, that's not really our mo, Jack. We don't really buy viruses, like cocaine, (laughs) like you know, sex trafficking sort of viruses. Not our bad." Can can you snort the virus? Can you shoot it up? I mean, we need options here. Jack is a CTU agent. Does he not 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 know more evil people? Like, <laughs> so I've been I've been chilling with these Mexicans for a while. Well, they will buy a virus, but this is not yeah. an MO. Jack, shut up! They will definitely buy the virus. Yeah, I don't think think we've discussed that yet. Like how implausible it is that this is who. I'm, maybe they just wanted an actor. Maybe they wanted Joaquin de la Meda. Maybe they wanted uh, they needed a set and they wanted to travel. Where are we going to travel to? you know, that that you can get to within one or maybe two episodes. Oh, Mexico's our only option. But, like, then make these guys Mexican terrorists. I don't know. Um, they, they don't make them drug lords. Because if this is the most top-secret operation CTU has ever had, where everything comes down to three people, those are the only people who know about this mission, nobody else, even the president can't know. You can manipulate the president. You can tell him to release prisoners, but nobody else can know about it. If you want to intercept this virus... Are you going to go to Mexican drug lords? No, there's got to be other people. <laughs> and it's it's also a case because, like, again, like, even if the, the sellers, I was like, yeah, sure, I want to make a billion dollars. Like, they're all like, oh, my contacts. Like, what contacts in Mexico? Like, you don't know North Koreans. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's like they get, okay, cool. They win the virus. Sweet, Jack, we've got the virus. All right. Now what? It's like, well, you said you've got contacts. Well, I know this guy who went to North Korea once. Like, he might know someone. Like, I mean, do they just go on eBay, like, for sale, deadly global virus, could kill a lot of people. <laughs> if you're a terrorist, you would like this. If you're the authorities, don't read this, lol, look, pony. Uh, starting bid, $1 billion. <laughs> like, what? Do they not just go straight back to Amador and go, cool, thanks. So do you know any North Koreans? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or Ukrainians. Ukrainians are evil people. People, I'm sure they want to release a virus. Get the Canadians. The Canadians are evil. Like, come on. <laughs> We're terrible. We we murder children, apparently. <laughs> I just love that. There's a bit of silence. Yeah, we're terrible. We kill children. You beat baby seals. Don't beat baby seals, Canada. Seriously. Like, beat baby, I don't know, babies. Like, just don't beat baby Be baby, seals. Ba- baby babies. <laughs> I know you're busy and all being a baby. Um... <laughs> baby got shot in the neck <laughs> not funny <laughs> what am I doing why am I a baby <laughs> why am I shot in the neck what's why? with this diaper am I potty trained <laughs> why am I a baby this <laughs> movie <laughs> he was a normal man until he woke up as a baby why am I a baby <laughs> The baby coming soon to cinemas near you. Am I still breastfeeding? 
is that my mom? Could I have this one instead? <laughs> Why am I sucking on this random woman's boob? Her skin color's different to mine. <laughs> Featuring Catherine Hepburn. Hi, darling. Are you a baby? Oh, yes. And the boobs of Gina Torres. <laughs> D.B. Woodside. D.B. Woodside. As the baby. <laughs> The baby coming soon, featuring <laughs> Leslie Hope as an amnesiac woman on a cougar. <laughs> Why am I on this cougar? What am I doing here? Well, we get it. the production business. We will have a full slate of films. <laughs> that might be the best response I've ever heard from Colin. Yeah, we're terrible. Uh... <laughs> Canadians are the worst. <laughs> Canadians suck. Can't even win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Remember those girls uh, that were like telling us off because we suck at like football? They're actually just yes. talking to Canadians. You guys suck at this. Canadians. You guys really suck. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. So then now on to the Jack stuff. Um, it's I don't think we've had an episode where there's only three stories being told this entire season. I mean, we've had ones where there's like five storylines going on, but there's really only three this week. You can kind of split up Claudia and, um, and Jack, but it really is one story. So I kind of group it in here as one. Um, we get a phone call with Amador. Uh, you can tell he's Ukrainian because of the accent. Hello, and, I'm from uh, the Ukraine. <laughs> and Jack is very cold and needing his heroin again, because we got to remind the audience, Jack was once a heroin addict. Uh, and he excused himself. I need to use the bathroom. And he goes <laughs> off for a little bit of evening delight with Claudia. <laughs> I just wanted to hear his stomach going like, oh, shit. <laughs> Those taquitos, old El Paso taquitos are not great. <laughs> it's oh. definitely different in Mexico. Oh. <laughs> we don't get taquitos oh. like this in LA. <laughs> oh, damn it. So like yelling at a helicopter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he sneaks off to see Claudia. He basically spills the beans. Now, how does he know that she's still going to go along? I know that like, I don't know what it's supposed to be like. He didn't even say six months, a year ago, a year and a half, however long ago he was undercover. Uh, I mean, Ramon's been in jail for quite a while. So let's assume it's been over a year. How does he know she's still going to go along? Like she could rat him out in a second. She was angry the last time he saw her. She slapped you. penis is powerful. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all removed from it. It's really powerful now. When that, man, when that man's penis comes into question, you listen. <laughs> Keeper Sutherland could go to the Ukraine and Russia right now and just be like, Russia, Ukraine, unzips. <laughs> Stop it. Like, all right, fair enough. And that was also how he sold out his concert that you went to as well, right? right? <laughs> just stood there with his dick out for two hours. That's all we did. Like, Come for the penis, stay for the tunes. <laughs> the penis <laughs> isn't evil. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like I, I don't really buy that Jack's gonna be this quick to like after she's slapping him last week and clearly angry with him, say, Don't worry, I'll still get you out. Uh, by the way, um, there's this guy Chase, uh, kind of a good guy. Can you help out a little bit? Can you, can you do a brother a favor? Uh, and uh, we get uh, Chase getting hit in the face with a shovel. <laughs> Like, I don't know why it is. This is funny. It's just so cartoony to me. Like, they can do it. They punch him in the gut. And he's like, ooh. And it's like, bonk. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wait, 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 wait. 
We're hearing the most, you're taking the single, the only thing that could make this more cartoony would be an anvil dropped on his head. (laughs) (laughs) You have the most terrifying screams throughout this entire episode of Chase. It's very Han Solo when like Boba Fett has turned him in and they're torture. Ah! (laughs) That Chase screaming bloody murder as you shovel the face. It's not even a hard hit. I mean, (laughs) I I hate to throw my children under the bus here, but like Casey is in this phase where all he wants to do is hit people over the head with stuff. So we have to be very careful what he has in his head. Most of the time, he takes a spatula. Have you met my son, like, doink? He takes like plastic spatulas out of like the, the drawer, right? Sometimes it'll be a toy, but I don't know if he just likes the noise, but he will constantly be hitting Remy on the head. And Remy doesn't get Remy's like, and then he'll just sort of turn around like, what was that? And we'll be like, Casey, no, that was bad. So now you have a dumb Remy. kid and a really able kid, what you're saying. <laughs> yes. So am I getting hit in the head? Doink, 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 doink. <laughs> but like Casey will just do that to like hit people over the head with stuff. What's Casper doing I in the see, background? Uh, ignoring them, <laughs> pretending they don't exist. <laughs> Eating poo. <laughs> That's Remy that eats poo. Remy, you release. Well, I can the- see how dumb your kid is. <laughs> Eating poo, getting hit in the head. He's gonna be in the head too much. Doesn't want poo. What's this poo? Yeah, exactly. He was the smartest kid we had till Casey started bonking him over the head with everything in the house. <laughs> I'm worried about your children. <laughs> but we're gonna have to be careful next time winter comes around because Casey's gonna hit somebody with a shovel. And we're gonna- <laughs> Screams like Chase in the distance. Don't let him find your freaking baseball bat collection. <laughs> We're lucky they have, he's very attached to a baseball bat we got, but it's like, it's like soft plastic, but then it's wrapped also in foam. So it is like the safest baseball bat ever. Uh, I'm sure it'll still hurt when he gets stronger. (laughs) Right now it's just a game with him. Anyways, um, Claudia goes straight from Jack into round two with Hector. She's up for the afternoon, the evening, the midnight delight. Afternoon delight. (laughs) The pop, is that part of the song? This is when they go, ew. Like they pop, oh. don't they? No? I don't know. That's if the we sound of sex, Colin. Of- that's sex sound. <laughs> that's, a, that's what sex sounds like. This is, you're just going to start feeding me like the most bizarre stories on the planet. And that's what sex is, Colin. <laughs> really? So when Whoa. when, when Remy's <laughs> Jamie, getting hit in the head, that's what sex is. <laughs> no, please no. Please no. Uh, but uh, one other thing I wanted to point out, I made a note about those Amadors. The guy, I can't remember his name. The guy who plays Amador. Does it look Mr. like he's wearing Ukraine. eyeliner? Yeah, Ukrainian uh, man here. Does he look like he has eyeliner? He's like that guy who played, what's his name from Lost? He's not um, Nesta Carbonell. Don't bring Nesta Carbonell into this. <laughs> We've had he some doesn't wear eyeliner. <laughs> I know he doesn't, but I'm saying, is Amador wearing eyeliner? Is he one of those guys like Nesta Carbonell? Does he just have that natural look where he's very emo? Aww, <laughs> he Greg looks Ellis. like he's. To me, he looks like he's wearing eyeliner. Uh, but uh, yeah, th- so this is the, uh, the the buying the virus scene where they're told, guess what? We have another buyer. There will be an auction in an hour. Uh, bids will start at 12 million for the Indominus Rex. And uh, who is this <laughs> other buyer? And I love the reveal. I love Jack in this reveal where the audience sees, okay, that's Nina. That's Nina. Oh, Nina's back. And Jack just sort of turns away like, maybe if I hide myself, she won't see me. Like, she's going to hide behind a tree, put a hat on it fake mustache (laughs) it's really funny like he's brainstorming how do i get through this without nina realizing it's me Uh, and then he's just like ah screw it turn around (laughs) hello nina no that man is a federal agent (laughs) hello there hello there uh this 
this thing about her throwing him under the bus, like he's a federal agent. Like this is why Jack's cover story actually does hold up. Uh, and I think I'm a little more forgiving of it. Uh, just randomly, he's undercover with the Salazar's now a minute for the money. Because uh, he actually, he doesn't convince Nina here, but like he holds it up where they're not questioning her saying, no, he's a federal agent. Everybody just wants the money anyways. Um, it's a really interesting premise. Like, I love this idea that we're going to introduce extra buyers. But it is like, I even remember the first time watching this. And I said all the way back in season one, like, Nina was probably my favorite character in 24. Like, I, I would I would put Nina above Jack as my favorite 24 character up until this point. And even when I saw Nina, was you get that instant reaction. It's like, it's like Jurassic World Dominion, you know? You see Sam Neill, you see Laura Dern, you see Jeff Goldblum, like, oh, they're back, they're back. And then within five minutes, you're like, why did they do this? Like, <laughs> could we not have cut them from the movie? Uh, it's kind of like that. I'm like, oh, it just, it feels so forced. It feels like this doesn't need to be Nina. Um, but in a weird way, I'm almost more forgiving of it now than I ever have been watching this in the past. And I don't know if that's because we've talked so much about uh, they shouldn't have brought Nina back in season three or they should have done it differently. I I'm not as upset with it as I thought I would be on like my fourth viewing of this season. Uh, but still, it is just random that it's like Nina comes back. I mean, do you remember your first impression seeing this? Yeah, I think it's like what I said before, you get excited. Like, oh, my God, it's Nina. But like, yeah, I think now I agree with everything. I mean, like. Going back to my point where I said, like, season two, make her the big bad. Don't have her in season two at all and make this, like, her first yeah. appearance since season one. Like, that would be like, holy fuck, it's Nina. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd be like, shit, damn. Whereas, like, now you're just kind of like, cool, Nina. Uh, but, like, <laughs> like, I mean, the first time. Like, yeah, you're shocked when you first see it. You're like, oh, fuck, like, damn, there she is. She's got a new jacket. That looks nice. Um, but, uh, it's yeah. Outside of that, it's now in hindsight, it's a bit like, okay, cool. Um, but like having said that, what we get, like what we get with her and Sherry, I think like they're smart enough to like, this is it for Nina and Sherry this season. Like it could have then by season four been like, oh yay, it's Nina. Mm -hmm. um, which again is kind of sad in a way. Cause like it's, as I said before, she should be the big bad. She should be the one. She killed freaking Jack's wife. Like, this should be the ultimate villain. She should be the Blofeld of 24. Like, she's the number one villain. Like, Darth Vader, like, whatever. Like, all of those in one. She should be the baby. Um, but, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's there, but it's still, like, I, I like the I like the um, auction stuff, though. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I like what they do with this. I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on here before, but like uh, another comparison to Alias, there's uh, an actor who's going to eventually appear. I think it's in season seven or season eight. When the Rush, which one is it, the Russians come in? Uh, well, technically they're in season five. The Russians. But I'm thinking the one, the the one like a whole act behind the Russian. Yeah, I think it's season eight. Uh, David Anders, who uh, played one of the Russians in season eight, he's he's one of these guys who's been in everything, but he's like one of the main villains in Alias. His character was basically like Nina's character. He was just oh, yeah. a businessman. Uh, he he was an opportunist. And to me, that's the role that Nina should have. I mean, she's just in there to capitalize on situations, to self-preservation. I also just don't really buy that she's... Yeah, I know we had the scene with her working for Max, but I don't quite buy that she's just going to be the person who's going to go and buy this virus. And maybe it would work better. But like, as far as I know, they never reveal who her contact is, who no, she's buying learned. this for. Yeah, and I, we I, I like that. that though. Oh, I kind of like uh, it. Though. I, 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 I still like that Nina just like is just there and works for like. Apparently, I, I was reading the trivia that in the twenty four the game, um, you actually on one of the bits when Nina's there, you see her screen of like contacts or something. You see Michael Amador's mm -hmm. name on it. So, 
Uh, but I, yeah. I, I like I, I weirdly like that you just never know who Nina works for. Nina's just there. See, Nina's just doing and, her shit. Even if we don't have an identity revealed, I feel like we need more than just your buyer. Because uh, that to me, that implies Nina's storyline is going to continue and continue and continue. And we're eventually going to get somewhere. And, and maybe it's just the way that like what I love about the Nina, because sometimes characters can just be from a certain point of view. Uh, but sometimes people see different things in character. Like to me, Nina is that opportunist. She is that uh, Mr. Sark, the David Anders guy from Alias. She's just the business. She, I, I don't, I could care less. You know, I'll be a terrorist if it pays. If it doesn't pay tomorrow, I'll wait tables, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At the business office. Uh, model jackets, uh, <laughs> the business office, yes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like it's just sort of, I think what I love about Nina is that she's always just looking for what can get her ahead. And I feel like I want to know why she's doing this job and that it's going to benefit her in some way and not just, uh, I was tasked with this by New Max or whoever. Uh, but but still, I mean, it is great to have her back. And like you said, the auction stuff, it's, it's a great twist. And also the way it's done, it's not, you know, uh, a back and forth. Okay. We will bid this much. No 200 million. And I will bid $300 million. Uh, the fact that like you will both write it down on a piece of paper and we get some of the, the best drama of this episode is for the audience. Well, how much is enough? Cause they're saying, okay, well, what if we go 120 million? It's like, no, 125 and i want something no 125 and one penny this is the price is right thing i will go 125 million and one penny yeah. uh, but then in the end when they reveal the uh the numbers uh i like whether the the way is like it is 225 and nina bid 240 it's yours nina <laughs> ding, 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 uh, ding, ding, ding. you win the price is right Bob. exactly and now for a game of plinko <laughs> and a new car <laughs> but, <She's done> very well <laughs> thank you uh but uh one weird thing is our amador says all right you can transfer the money in two hours like they already had plans to deliver the virus. Like, why is there this two-hour wait now? Like, he already verified the funds. That was one of the conditions right before this auction started, where it's like, I, I trust that the funds are in place. And why is Jack answering that question? Yeah. Like, the funds are in place, Jack. Yes, we will verify these funds are, like, he doesn't know. Like, let Hector answer this question. Um, it's also good, though, that we have that disagree. Like, I, 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 I've talked so much about how, Ramon is like the smartest villain we've had in 24, even though he is just like a lowly drug Lord who wants to party on the plane on the way home. Uh, but to get that, like it's, it's Hector that throws that idea out there. It's like, no, 220 is enough. We're going to go 225. Like he's the one saying, no, we go even bigger. And even Jack kind of playing them. Like we're going to get desperate Jack in this episode. Like we've never seen him before. Like desperate housewives. <laughs> Can you imagine Jack Bauer on Desperate Housewives, Ben? What would you have done if Jack Bauer was on Desperate Housewives? I'm more concerned about the women of Wisteria Lane. They would have been broken. Um, just... <laughs> oh, Richard Berge, he's gone. Um, we get, what we if get it another... had been the other way around? We, what we, if Richard we, we, Berge oh. had been Jack and he had been Richard Berge on Desperate Housewives? Well, that would have been Kiefer and uh, Terry Hatcher together. Wow. I mean, yeah. I'm already, I already lost it watching the um, First Lady with Kiefer and Gillian Anderson together. That was a pairing. But, I mean, Kiefer and Terry Hatcher. Yes, please. But, like, Desperate Jack, we get this slow buildup in this episode. Like, I almost wish we didn't have the whole, you know, uh, withdrawal on heroin moment earlier on. Because it almost, I don't know if the intention was they wanted it to be like Jack is he's weak because then we're going to get him in this auction. He was like, no, no, we got to do this. And Oh, this, this woman, like he just gets more and more desperate through the episode. But I like it that like 
it brings the stakes to how important this mission is and not that he's on heroin. So it's just, it's kind of a minor complaint where I don't know if it was intended that way, but I feel like it, it's, it, it's maybe intended to be read that like, Oh, the heroin is making him kind of weird out now and get really desperate. He took his pills though, Colin. He took his anti-heroin yeah, exactly. pills. Remember? Exactly. Here, take two of these. Call me in the morning. They will also cure whatever that is from your hand, <laughs> David Palmer. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it's the I'm same like, pill. Tangent, if they are literally like curable pills for heroin, like you don't need to buy a virus, Salazar. You have a like a million billion dollar pill in your yeah. thing. <laughs> Sell that. Like cure heroin addiction. Cure all drugs. Like, yes, your billion dollars. Be the good guys for once. This is the equivalent of what the Star Wars magic button is on uh, Padme's ship. The magic button that does it. This is the pill that does everything. David Palmer, you're cured the the, the virus. Your hand is cured. One pill. Terry, amnesia gone. Take this pill. (laughs) Call me in the morning. Tony, shot in the neck. Done. (laughs) Take a pill. (laughs) Chloe's annoying. Take this pill. You're the most pleasant person in the room. That's what she (laughs) takes. Sexist. (laughs) Take this pill. You love women. Cougar, just don't take one. You're good. Kim, your friend at Stanford getting a degree, being in foster care, be like him, have a pill. (laughs) Janet, take this pill. You're back for season two. (laughs) No, Janet doesn't need a pill. She's perfect. (laughs) She's dead, though, uh, so far from it. But anyways. uh, (laughs) But but when this gets revealed and Jack just immediately is like freaking out, it's like, no, follow that woman and they're like jack it's over and they're just driving in the middle of nowhere jack pleading for his life we've never gotten anything even close to this before and i love so much we both have grown to love that moment at the end of season three that we're gonna get i'm gonna put this up there as like a very important moment because we're starting to see why we're gonna get that moment from jack at the end of season three here you know he is pleading for his life and you know don't do it your only chance is to do this he, he says, I trained her. Like he he's grasping at straws. Like his arguments aren't even good, but then eventually they're like, okay, we'll go along with you or whatever. Uh, and to me, this is a better, um, this is a better cliffhanger that we got last week. Cause that was my big complaint last week. That I feel like you should have ended off with the gunshot. And even if it was like, okay, you spoiled it. Cause this is kind of what we get here. It, it's not, you could have ended this on, no, no, please don't do this. Beep. Beep. But instead, they're like, all right, we'll let you live. And then they kind of end with that. You're the cat that has nine lives. And I like that cliffhanger. I like when the cliffhanger can just get you so worked up. We're like, oh, what's going to happen? And then you have a resolution. You don't know where it's going next, but you have some type of resolution. You can see a scene played out where you don't have to wait to the opening five seconds of the next episode. And so to me, this is the better cliffhanger. There's that line that he says when he's like, um, like you win either way. Like we get her and we, you know, get the money seal. Or if we don't get her, then you kill me anyway. Like, I mean, you win either way. Um, He does, he begs for his life in um season one. There's that bit where the Drazens are about to kill him. And he's like, you know, oh, how do you know? Like he, he does that big begging for his life bit mm. at the end when he's like, you know, we have your your son, Alexia, whatever it is. Like we've got him. How do you think we got him? So like keep me alive. Um, There's yeah, definitely I, more desperation here though. I like this. It's good. Um, although like, like, I mean, again, like the Salazar's kind of like, I, I love how Jack's like, Oh, you've promised your North Korean buyers. They're going to come after you. It's like, well, have they, like, have we seen them on the phone? Like, I just want the Salazar's to be like, no, we haven't called anyone yet. Like, that's your job. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, whatever. Also, 
got a question. They they have like $225 million. Okay, so they're all like, yes, we can make a billion dollars. Like, how much money do they have at the moment? Like, I mean, is $225 million going to bankrupt them? Like, what if they all of a sudden go, like, cool, we win the virus, $225 million. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to have to sit on this for about six months before we tell the North Koreans. Like, everyone at the ranch going, like, we can't eat. You spent all our money. Like, <laughs> you can't buy the virus. We need this billion dollars, Dad. Um, so I just love how they have that $225 million. But uh, it all works out well. I like it. It's uh, tension, the buzz, the thrill. Um, here at the MCG, that's a 12th man reference. The penis. I get that. The penis isn't evil. Um, <laughs> but can I, I just, one thing, um, Greg Ellis plays uh, Mr. Amador, um, very attractive man. Uh, apparently he was in an episode of Nip Tuck. I do not remember him in this episode of Nip Tuck, but cool. Um, speaking of Nathan Fillion, was recently in an episode of The Rookie. So uh, there you go. Good for him. Uh, but he has a website, realgregellis.com. He's written a book. It's called The Respondent. <laughs> Um, which is a uh, exposing the cartel of family law. Sounds interesting. Um, he's an Annie Award-nominated voice artist and an Emmy Award-nominated actor, but he's also very outspoken on the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Uh, <laughs> so he's very anti-Amber Heard, it seems. He stands uh, with Amber. Ooh. No, he stands with Johnny. Um, but I'm also reading here, he's recently put out a tweet, this EO from President Biden is sexist. Abuse has no gender. Online harassment affects all peoples. Um, so I don't know, is he anti-Joe Biden or like what's going on here? So he's a very outspoken man, Greg Ellis. Um, and he's here written, Breaking, all Amber Heard scenes will be completely deleted from Aquaman 2. Reshoots being scheduled with Jason Momoa and Nicole Kidman. So he hates Amber Heard. So um, Can I say something Ellis. on Amber Heard and Johnny Depp really quickly? Of course you can, Colin. <laughs> Uh, we every once in a while can give our opinions on here. Why not? Um, yeah, I, I'm not saying I believe Amber Heard. I mean, she's clearly crazy, but I feel like Johnny Depp is just the better actor between the two. Like, I feel like the world is so caught up in how dumb Amber Heard is and how ridiculous she is in this trial that they, they seem to forget, like Johnny Depp has had decades of people making some pretty harsh accusations towards him. There was a story like, we're talking a couple of years ago where some innocent woman who was looking for an autograph had uh, basically been dragged across the floor of an airport by Johnny Depp securities. He sat there telling them to do it. And there were witnesses to this and he paid her off. Like Johnny Depp is not necessarily a nice guy just because Amber Heard is the worst one. And everyone's like, oh, Johnny Depp, oh, it's so so cruel what she did to him. It's like, he's just a better actor than her. He's still a scumbag. He's just not as bad as her. But she pooped in his bed. I mean, that shit's crazy, literally. Well, like- come on. Did you ever, <laughs> did you ever see... The Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, he had it coming, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Well played. And now yep. everybody's like, oh, bring Johnny Depp back for the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, because they haven't already had four cracks at screwing up a Pirates of the Caribbean sequel. I've only seen the first one and the fourth one. Um, how many well, are there? <laughs> five. Five was the, okay. The first one, and I saw the one with Penelope Cruz. She was in the fourth one, right? Like, I don't know why. Yeah, I'd the fourth one two was and three. Uh, <laughs> Well... You're not missing anything by skipping any of them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's my rant on Johnny. Johnny. I'd really not saying honestly... that I stand with Amber Heard. I just think that people need to do some research and realize this isn't the first time Johnny Depp's had I, some. To be completely honest with you, don't really give two shits because at the end of the day, why are we focused on like these people it's, yelling at each other? Like It's crazy. Like this, is, this isn't like Nicolas Cage where he just stopped getting. Johnny Depp has had still to this day up until like a few years ago, he's had any role he wanted given to him. He's just... A bad at choosing roles. He does nothing but Tim Burton garbage. He's 
self-indulgence over the he's he's not a good actor i mean he's a good actor who makes really bad movies and now all of a sudden everybody wants to be like oh johnny depp it's like okay there's a reason his career washed up and it wasn't because of amber Heard. his movies suck you, you had this me isn't gonna Burton be a, crap that, that yeah, exactly me. this isn't like brendan fraser or nicholas cage where the offers just Tony dried Maguire. up, so they stopped making good movies. Yeah, Tobey Maguire, like, Johnny Depp did it to himself. His career sucks. Again, we live in sucks. a world where the two nicest men in Hollywood this year have imploded on yelling at people or slapping people, even though I don't think Tom Hanks is going to be affected. I mean, defend Rita Wilson. That woman deserves protection. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't dislike Jada Pickett-Smith. We've talked a lot about how we love her. <laughs> I just don't know about the efforts here, Will. But, like, we'll, we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, we you know care what I watched about- this tangent. You know what I watched last night, and it was actually Jamie who recommended watching it. Wild Wild West. I love oh, that movie. I don't care what anybody says. That is a great movie. Seriously, when's that going to get the love it deserves? Oh, it's one of the worst movies ever made. It's not. It's a great movie. It's it's, it's a very decent Western version of Men in Black. Kevin Klein. Who's the evil guy in the wheelchair? Who plays Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth. What a man. What a man. Kenneth. Branagh. Salma Hayek. Selma Hayek, yeah. Kenneth Branagh just I don't think you've ever watched um, Afterlife, have you? The Ricky Gervais show on Netflix. Brilliant show. No, no, really yeah. well, really well fucking done. But um, there's like, because he plays like a, a local journalist at just like a shitty newspaper who just goes around doing like shitty stories. Sounds familiar. Um, but like he does this, <laughs> he does a story on like this guy who like finds like, he's got like a wet patch on the wall and he's all like, Look, there's a face of Kenneth Branagh in it. And then, like, Ricky Gervais goes on this rant about, like, Kenneth Branagh has no distinguishing features. You could show anybody a picture of anyone and go, that looks like Kenneth Branagh because he looks like nothing. He just looks like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) It just reminds me of that now that just Kenneth Branagh just looks like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Good show. Anyway, 24, yes. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Greg Ellis. Uh, follow him on Twitter, <laughs> at Ellis Greg. Also, um, I'm looking here. Uh, so on Twitter, it tells you, like, who follows. Like, people you know who follow him. Xander Berkeley follows Greg Ellis. Um, Sam Neill follows Greg Ellis. Keith Sutherland. Todd Woodbridge, great Australian tennis player. And MC Hammer follows Greg Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Good well, on <laughs> You know, this this isn't even my notes, but uh, we didn't really talk about Claudia's storyline here, which is what, what she basically puts Sergio to bed, comes in five minutes later, wakes him up fully dressed and says, we're leaving. <laughs> and then the dad says, no, I don't want to go. Like, yeah, the, it's telenovela, but it's it's still there. So I guess I don't know if you have any comments on that as well. I like her. She's like, but like, I kind of like this storyline of kind of like Jack's fucked her senseless. So she's all like, oh, save me, save me. I'm Italian now. Um, like, I love her like <laughs> sneaking around with the phone. And like, I love that bit with Chase when she's all like, hold on, I'm here to save you. And I actually really like James Badgetail. Then save me. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Like, then help me. Hi, I'm Chase. I forget Chase's impersonation. Um, hi, I'm Tom Cruise. Lots of people have made this episode <laughs> this week. Um, but yeah, no, she's good. Um, I like her. She should win a Annie Award, like uh, <laughs> Greg Ellis was nominated for one. Yes, good. Um, <laughs> any trivia for this week? Um, so according to Twenty Four Wiki, uh, in order to keep the return of Nia Mine as a secret, Sarah Clark is not credited until the closing credits. Uh, however, she is still billed as a guest star on the main menu of the DVD. Uh, the book. So this whole jacket thing. Additional intel. Sarah Clark says she got to make personal selections from Nina's new look this season. 
I got to pick a jacket from a designer I know that makes fabulous <laughs> coats. My friend is a jewellery designer and she designed a necklace for me. Oh, that's nice. Um, and Nina Myers returning, Sarah Clark says, by the third season, it was time to shake up the look of Nina. I mean, in all seriousness, she has long hair and is wearing a different jacket. Like, I don't look at this and go like, fuck, she's gotten <laughs> tattoos and looks slightly Asian this year. Like, no, she's like, she just looks like Nina Myers with a long hair and a jacket. Oh, golly, a jacket. <laughs> oh, we just, I would redo that movie. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Like, are there movies we would redo recaps of? I would redo Blast from the Past in oh. a second. Nathan Fillion is in that. Like, <laughs> TV's Nathan <laughs> yeah, Fillion. Let's exactly. <laughs> When's Sissy SpaceX month coming soon to the Oz Network? Oh, golly, Sissy SpaceX. <laughs> And Christopher Walken. Uh, I love that. If we, can we do Alicia that again? Silverstone. Can we can we do that again? But also do Pleasantville because that's Tobey Maguire oh, yeah. in like a blast. Like you from could the past make a month movie. out of it. Mm-hmm. I watched Pleasantville like a year and a half ago. And I forgot how fucking good that movie is. Like why doesn't why Amazing. don't people talk more about Pleasantville? Didn't they get nominated for like Oscars? Should yeah, have. it just it didn't get like a best picture or anything, but I got a bunch of Oscar nominations. I think it, it might have been one visual effects or at least been nominated Who's, for visual um, effects. Because like what? William H. Macy, Jeff Daniels, uh, yeah. Reese Witherspoon. Joan Allen. Joan Allen. Thank you. I was trying to remember yeah. her name. Um, Paul Walker's like first ever movie. Um, yeah. Bloody, what's her face? Jane, uh, the mum from Malcolm in the Middle. She's like the mum of oh, Tony yeah. and that in the room. I love her. Jane, what's her name? Kaz, Kaz, Kaz- Kazmerick. Bring her back. What happened to her? What, why hasn't she been on Breaking Bad? Well, they did the alternate ending. Did you ever watch the alternate ending where no. like he? Oh, look it up. It's hilarious. Like Malcolm in the middle. Like Hank. Like wake. Uh, Hank How wakes up. Basically, like I had this dream that I was a, a murderer, <laughs> and like he's next to like Lois, like in the bed, and it's just it's hilarious. Like you should watch it. Oh, that's good. I I, I was I've criticized Wandavision quite a bit, but uh, I will say the the one that I enjoyed the most, just as far as like the references to classic sitcoms, was that they chose of all things Malcolm in the Middle to parody when they got to the the. We the should watch. I, I, I watched a few of those on a plane not too long ago, and I'm like, this show holds up because like that was mm-hmm. a large reason why I didn't watch Breaking Bad for so long. So I'm like, oh, like Brian Cranston, the dad? can you do serious, <laughs> like really? But now it's kind of weird watching Malcolm in the Middle when he's like doing that, but um. Oh, what a show. What, what a man. Brian Cranston. Um, I'm going to buy this episode. Uh, and I'm actually going to buy it very enthusiastically, despite the fact that I think that the, the, the dialogue is terrible in this episode. And there's things that you didn't need to be in here because it's just, it's a lot of fun and it feels kind of different. So buy for me. What about you? Yes, I am also buying it, Colin Hilding. Um, I don't have it quite as high. Um, I've got this as my lowest buy. Because, uh, like, like honestly, like, I'm watching this whole episode going, like, oh, no, this is a rent, this is a high rent, this is high rent. But then, like, just, like, the ending stuff and the the auction and the cliffhanger, I was like, okay, no, this is this is a vibe. So I've got this as the lowest buy. So this is 29th for me, uh, just below episode four of this season and just above my highest rent, which is episode 22 of season two. You said 28 you had it at? 29. Oh, 29, okay. I got mine at 22, so I'm oh. a little bit higher. Uh, I have this just ahead of uh, episode five of season two and just below episode 22 of season one, which was also 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. So 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Good hour to be on the lower tier of buys, but uh, good hour still. Uh, So, uh, yes. And then next week, you said we're going to get Sherry back next week. Oh, Sherry. Yes. I mean, according to my official companion, there's a big giant picture of beautiful Penny Johnson Gerald. Um, but I mean, I, as I seem to do now, would you like me to read the 24 wiki synopsis of next week? So <laughs> oh, we know what's I? happening. 
Okay, Wayne Palmer tries to get help from Julia while David brings in Sherry. Chase Edmonds, well, maybe he's just bringing in a drink like the alcohol. Have some sherry, Wayne. Um, <laughs> Chase Edmonds get freed from the Salazars by Claudia while Jack and Ramon make plans to capture Nina. Oh, God. Fuck. This is happening next week, Colin. I'm going to read this line. A baby shows up at work oh. that disrupts Chloe's day. No. This is a very memorable episode. <laughs> oh, fuck. Not the ba- We talked about the baby. Oh, no. This is the cougar and the amnesia of this season. The baby storyline. Oh, fuck off. I'm done. No. <laughs> is it also a little bit thing. weird that, like, we're getting Nina and Sherry back and back-to-back episodes? Like, could they have spaced it out a little bit more, maybe? They did this in season two, didn't they? Like, I thought... Mm-hmm. I always think Sherry comes back so much later in the season. I forget she's, like, the halfway point. I yeah. thought she was, like final few episodes i do i will say like sherry returning is kind of like isn't i think that's a cliffhanger spoiler alert next week um and like she is a bit like disheveled this season so like she's had a rough time old sherry but um is she in it for the rest oh no she's in it for like one two three four five six seven episodes in a row she goes missing for like four episodes and she's back kind of similar to season two so she's there she disappears and she comes back uh, yeah, it's weird because I remember with season two, it was the other way around. I thought she was in it a lot earlier than she was. Uh, and then with this season, I'm kind of with you. I think she's a lot later, but, uh, yeah, it's exciting. We've got, we got good characters. We've got good people on the show. Ooh. We got good jackets. Uh, we're, and, we're, and, we're, and just, just, just while we're playing at home, we are one, two, three, four, five, six episodes away from Saunders. So we're getting close up. Um, so you're that excited about Saunders. You really are Saunders. I player. love Saunders. Saunders to me is the best villain in this show. I love him. I love Stephen Saunders. Stephen Saunders. Uh, and we're only a couple of weeks away from um, the end of the Salazars as well, which another thing that's interesting is next week is episode 10, right? Yeah. Uh, so it is nearly halfway. I, I'm pretty sure Joaquin De La Meda told us that he originally was under contract only for 10 episodes mm. and that they had to extend him for like another two or three. So I, I'm going to be curious watching this episode to see like, Oh, if they're, if they were going to write the Salazars out, like was there a backup plan for that? But, uh, I'm just, uh, yeah, I know he's on, they're only in a few episodes, but I'm just, I'm just saying this with Saunders and I want you to just remember this. Like, like, Saunders to me is basically the perfect villain. He just has one thing that annoys me that comes at the end. He's undoing. Like Saunders, like has a perfect plan, perfectly everything is going perfect for him except for one little tiny bit of kryptonite, which pisses me off. So like, I just think he is just perfect. Like he just does everything right, and he should win this season. Saunders should win. <laughs> but he, he <laughs> we should have one, ended the show season three. One little mistake Saunders makes. So uh, and Paul Blackthorne, what a man. Uh, so listen to us next week for that. Listen to Breaking Bad before next week for that. And uh, Obi-Wan is over and done with. Oh, didn't you love that finale? It was amazing. Can't believe Brian Cranston was in it. Like I just uh, <laughs> And Jim <Jane> Kazmarek. <laughs> I know. And then Jesus Christ, what what was Will Ferrell doing in there? I don't know. His name just popped into my head. <laughs> and when Frankie Muniz played teenage Luke Skywalker in the Flash Forward, bring back Frankie Muniz, right? <laughs> Hashtag bring back. What happened to Frankie Muniz? Come on, there's a man. Agent Cody Banks three. <laughs> didn't he? He became a race car driver for a while, didn't he? Wasn't he like racing Patrick? I thought he did something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but who was um? I remember when How I Met Your Mother became a thing. I thought that uh, my dad was always like, "Oh, Neil Patrick Harris, that's the older brother from Malcolm in the Middle." I'm like, "Well, they kind of look similar, <laughs> but they're not. They're not. They do look." Yeah, whatever similar, happened to the older brother? He dropped off the face of the planet. Well, the middle he one, Reese. I remember my friend yeah. had a mad crush on him, and then the younger one, Dewey. Was it Dewey? Mm-hmm. Dewey. Yeah. 
Dewey. Yeah, Dewey. Well, he, he was in uh, Chris. He was in Christmas with the Cranks. That was the only other thing I think That's I ever saw him in. Right? Yeah. Malcolm in the Middle, bring it a thing. Whatever happened to the actors from like, where are all these reunions for all the cast of Malcolm in the Middle? That very underrated show. That never got the love it deserved. Yeah, it was ahead of its time too. I mean, uh, life is unfair. I bought that on single. I used to love. They might be giants. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the. I fucking love that song. Christopher Masterson. Christopher Masterson played the older kid. Justin Burfield was Reese. Um. Oh, Stevie! Remember the guy in the wheelchair? He was like, "Yes." Oh yeah. <laughs> I must do this. Uh, Eric Per Sullivan was Jewy. Eric Per Sullivan. You had to have the name Per <laughs> in your name. Okay. Colin, uh, I am one hundred percent watching you that. End this episode. <laughs> I I will only if I. Can keep this jacket. Christopher uh, Masterson, <laughs> picture of him wearing a fedora. Pulls it off well. There you go. <laughs> All right, so we will be back next week as long as we get to keep our jackets. And um, <laughs> my name is Colin, and shovel to the face. Ah! My name is Ben, and motto of this show you've wasted a time we don't have thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.